You're listening to Don't Waste Water. As I look at these big guys, at some point they seem to be getting a little too bureaucratic. And what I want to preserve for us is that entrepreneurial space in the middle. We're big enough to be dangerous. We're agile, nimble, nim, but we do not become stodgy and slow. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. We are celebrating our 100-year anniversary next year, which is a big milestone and certainly something that gives us resilience and stability. But at the same time, we have added the water business. Only in 2015 to the group. I'm your host Antoine Valter, and in today's episode, I'm excited to welcome Mirka Wilderer as my guest. It's really important to stay t- true to the core. It's very tempting to go after the multi-million-dollar projects, but we're not an EPC, and EPCs require different skill sets than my team has. Mirka is the CEO of Denora Water Technologies. We are definitely in a growth mode, and and we will continue to focus on building out our portfolio. Denora is the leading provider of equipment, systems, disinfection and filtration solutions for water and wastewater treatment. Back in my years as a sales engineer, I used to map the competitor's landscape when working on large projects. And in my quite specialized world of advanced wastewater treatments, I was very good at predictions or that's what I thought. One day, on a very large project, I was discussing with the design office and they had curious ideas as to how to shape their process. I couldn't recognize any of the patterns the usual suspects would have left. The reason would reveal some weeks later, there was a new kid on the block, Denora Water Technologies. If you recall my discussion on that microphone with Reinhard Hübner, we've already seen examples of companies rapidly built from the bottom up in our otherwise conservative sector. But Dinora is again another breed than ski on water. The water division was created in 2015 from an M&A move involving seven trans services. And since then, the company has followed quite an aggressive track through internal and external moves with a double-digit growth that led to a successful initial public offering on the Milano Stock Exchange last summer. It's been a while that I wanted to address this trajectory on the podcast, and I had already approached Mirka for this around the Blue Tech Forum last year in Vancouver, but with the IPO on the horizon, the timing wasn't right. So when our paths crossed again during Science Water's Rethinking Water Conference in New York, I couldn't let the opportunity slip away to get some valuable insight on how to successfully go public, keep and develop a hunter mindset, or grow into a fully different area as a before quite traditional family business. As for Patrick Decker last week, I was a bit short on time to go into the level of depth I would have liked to. But you'll see that Mirka goes straight to the point and probably delivers a new record in insights per minute on that microphone. So without further ado, I'll let you dive into our conversation. Just remember that if you like what you hear, please take that episode and share it with a colleague, a friend or your LinkedIn network. Come on, do it and I'll meet you on the other side. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs, and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com. Hi, Mirka. Welcome to the show. Thank you. 
I'm curious to get to know what you believe shall be rethought about water. So I think the water space is a very exciting space and a very a space exciting to be in right now. I think we're rethinking as we're going, as we face some of these challenges that were discussed, but also in terms of what our answers are. Rethinking is something which comes to my mind if I hear of Denora. Yeah. Might be right or wrong, you'll tell me. But it sounds to me like your company has been rethought quite a lot over the past decades. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. So we are celebrating our 100-year anniversary next year, which is a big milestone and certainly something that gives us resilience and stability. But at the same time, we have added the water business only in 2015 to the group. We've had a number of change of ownerships since then, last but not least, an IPO this year in June. And so with each of these changes, certainly also always a transformation or progression in our company journey. Adding water in 2015, was it to respond to something you've noticed in the market, which was a challenge you wanted to take on as a company? Denora is an electrochemical technology company. And they actually surfed the water space since the 70s. And then early in 2001, created a joint venture with Seven Trend Purification as one mm -hmm. of the key markets they were addressing. And so it became a natural evolution to say, wait a minute, if this is a, such a core market that we're serving, why don't we bring it in-house? We always joke as the second leg to stand on besides the traditional family business. So we're a group of two businesses. So what are the challenges out there which you like to address as Denora? In the water words, is many things you could be addressing could be water quality water scarcity advanced treatments of some kind of pollutants we are a technology provider and our heart goes towards disinfecting and filtration water we're a manufacturer we're not the systems integrator or operator so our heart and passion goes to providing the best possible technology to solve these water challenges whether it's emerging contaminants whether it is PFAS and other residuals in the water and I think the opportunity opportunity goes in combining technologies to come towards advanced solutions that then solve these different problems around the world. You just mentioned a lot of very interesting topics for a deep dive, which might be <laughs> this emerging contaminants at itself. PFAS right now, as we're in the US, is probably yeah. the hottest of the press with the EPA changing its rules in June, in August, saying that you should look at Genix, saying that you should look at parts per quadrillion. How important is it as a technology company like Denora to align your offering to these changes in policy and changes in priorities guided by policies? We have a whole portfolio of, of technologies and we are serving multiple countries around the world. And so we have different changes in regulation, which allows us to provide stability to our shareholders that, you know, different technologies have different trends. On the other hand, of course, there's new trends that are starting in one part of the world like PFAS that we can already anticipate will likely also become an issue somewhere else. So I would say it's a balancing act of making sure that we are maintaining or offering our portfolio around the world to get economies of scale and make sure that we have the best possible offering there, while also, of course, always being on the lookout to new regulations, new trends, new technological needs that we can pilot in a certain area and then take from there. What does it change as a company to go through an IPO? Certainly coming um, from a privately held background with a family that has a hundred year perspective, a vision and pride that goes much beyond any type of time horizon to then becoming public is, is the other end of the spectrum where you have to make sure that you reliably deliver on every single quarter. And so that 
that balance of having that long-term vision while now also learning how to be really reliable on, on delivering to the promises of our shareholders. Luckily, we had a little bit of pre-run time to set all that up in, in, in preparation. Um, but that's certainly one of the big changes in terms of just time horizons and expectations of our shareholders. So when you come to a conference like this one, where there's a lot of finance involved, does it kind of change your goggles as the way you look at the room? I come to these conferences because I'm just super excited to talk about my favorite topic, water. I mean, I think it's it's hearing about the thoughts of the different stakeholders, but we have to make sure we stay our course. I think. The water space is really bigger than us just optimizing on one single topic and instead we really need to take that bigger lens of this is my path and someone else choose a different business model. It's super interesting to see and someone might choose the same, which is also fantastic because I rather have strong competition than continue to struggle with some of the water challenges we're seeing. You're a technology company. Do you aim to stay like that or do you want to go maybe into the EPC part of the business or maybe to do kind of a service out of your technology? So I think it's really important to stay true to the core. It's very tempting to go after the multi-million dollar projects, but we're not an EPC. And EPCs require different skill sets than my team has. My team is really, really good at the technology side of it. And so we want to keep that focus and leverage that and then work with partners that are really good at systems integration and really good at construction. They have that capabilities. We have our capabilities and together we can win. Dinura has been built over the last years through several M&A moves. Is there a secret you can share here? I have an idea about the answer, but you have more <laughs> in the pipe. <laughs> so so we are definitely in a growth mode and, and we will continue to focus on building out our portfolio with advanced disinfection filtration technologies and others. So so, so that's a yes, which cannot be a yes. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> and a secret about M&A on, on the way to integrate those new companies into the group, is there some things which you have to, to take care of and to be very careful of? I think integration really comes down to the people and taking a people-first perspective. We're buying capabilities. And so I find that in every acquisitions, there is that maybe threat or fear of the acquired company that they're going to lose their identity. But instead, I just invested money in acquiring that capability. And so making sure that we keep that forefront and make people feel appreciated and value for what they bring to the table. I think the integration then is a balancing act of integrating these new capabilities with the old capabilities and creating a stronger together. And so I think the, the topic of integration is oftentimes underestimated of how much effort that really takes in integrating systems and procedures and policies, but also making sure that we leverage each other's capabilities and that that talent view that just takes some time but i think that's where we can then really create enterprise value by taking a technology or competencies and shifting them out globally we've heard this morning in the keynote from set siegel how consolidation is something which shall be at the center of the talks in the next years if we want to strive in the water sector. There's not that much companies the size of Denora mm. in that sector, if I may say so, a bit in this in-between. Absolutely. The, the very big guys and, and the small Correct. guys. Do you feel like a vehicle for growth to, to meet those very big guys or do you feel like a prey? No, not a prey, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a huge opportunity and that's what gets me excited to shape a company. We have all these small companies that have come up with 
certain, a certain focus, but then they get stuck somewhere. And as we bring them together, diamond like that, and put them into our crown, how do we, again, make sure that we fully leverage the value of this acquired unit while also giving them some more scale to the business, whether it's the systems we use or the processes. I love working with playbooks and the playbooks aren't academic playbooks, but they're from the team around the world that we have in-house. How do they each solve their problem and what can we learn from each other peer-to-peer? And so we are elevating these individual companies that got stuck at some level and providing them that next level of scale, whether it's the sales channels, the management processes, how we do business, financial savviness, HR processes, right? All the good things across the entire value chain of the business. And that helps us to lift and enhance their growth. I think, you know, as I look at these big guys, at some point, they seem to be getting a little too bureaucratic. And what I want to preserve for us is that entrepreneurial space in the middle. We're big enough to be dangerous. We're agile, nimble, nim, but we do not become stodgy and slow. I love your analogy of the diamond in the crown and this this agility element for sure is an asset. So maybe a, a crystal ball question for you. If now you look at the five or 10 year horizon, what is that single metric which tells you that you've succeeded? My mind is going to employee engagement, which is interesting because it's a very qualitative. But if I can keep my team hungry and driven, we will serve our customers to our best ability. That will ultimately translate into all kinds of financial KPIs that would be fun to see, but mm -hmm. that's not the driver. The driver is to tap into this passion of the employees to get some global scale. And I think in the water space, I'm sure anyone you're having on your podcast shares that passion that what we do actually has a huge impact on our blue planet. True. And so, you know, if we can tap into that and leverage that, how do you quantify that? That's why I was pausing. Employee engagement sounds a little soft, but I think truly, right, if we can unlock that potential, we're going to create amazing things together. Mirka, to run off these interviews, I have a series of rapid fire questions. Okay. So it's short questions aiming for short answers but Good. i'm not cutting the microphone Good. my first question is what is the most exciting project you've been working on and why digital transformation and why i think it's fascinating to see what these new capabilities can bring to the water space what is this one thing you're doing in your job today that you will not be doing in 10 years i love my job what will i not be doing if you love everything, you probably keep <laughs> doing everything. I love my job, so yeah. no, it's good. <laughs> what is the trend to watch out for in the water sector? Digital transformation. I think it will shake up and wake up that industry and, and innovate us in ways that we haven't thought possible. Do you have a special take at digital transformation at Denora? I think it's across every step on the value chain, and it's using the data to better serve our customers. Every customer might face their water challenge for the first time. It might be unique to them, but we for sure have seen it somewhere else around the globe. So if we can tap into that knowledge of how we have solved it for other customers to making sure that we're faster, better, more reliable using data for that purpose. You're coming from that entrepreneurial side of the water sector. So for that last question, you'll have to project yourself. You get elected as a global water leader. So worldwide, you have an unlimited power, but you can take only one measure. You have one single move. What is it? I want to see the industry unite and have an industry voice in sustainability. That sustainability is not just reduced to decarbonization, but there's a water theme that we drive as an industry beyond our industry. Well, Mirka, it's been a pleasure. I would have many more questions, but I have to be cautious of your time, and it's a conference, I guess you'd like to enjoy the conference as well. 
thanks for stopping by and talk to you soon. Thank you so much. This is it for another episode of the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'd like to hand out a special thanks to Science Water for enabling it. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to give it a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. I don't know if I deserve five stars, but my guest surely does. Do it now, tell it to your friends, and I'll be back very soon with the next interview. <music>